let's get this situated then. Well, hey, it's time to start this thing then. Asalaamu Alaikum, everybody. We got two special guests in the building. We got Jibril Salam and Muhammad Hassan. They're the host of the Young and Muslim podcast. Huge platform. Mashallah. They discuss a variety of topics, including Islam, the youth, the culture, and they got pretty cool guests too. So, hey, it's great to have you guys on. How have you guys been, man? Yeah, appreciate y'all. So like good, man. Like I'm so happy to be here, man. Yeah, for sure. Where are you guys right now? Uh, Virginia. Both of us are in Virginia, but um, thankfully I'm home. It's been a long, cold, rainy day here, but uh, yeah, it's been good, man. Hey, tell us what happened, though. Tell us what yeah, happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the way to um to doing this, doing the interview, um, I was a little bit late, but my car caught a unexpected flat then i had to go and get my spare patched and then i changed my tire all up in the rain you know so but we here we dry hey i appreciate that big time so do my viewers and listeners but <clears throat> let me tell you guys something these dudes right here they're always grinding you know i've been following them for a while inspiration of mine honestly inspiration for probably a lot of young muslim podcasters so you know, we, we appreciate them for that. They're, they're really one of the first to, to grind. Number one Muslim podcast in the world. Number two, I'm number one Muslim. Hey, <laughs> I'm the number one Muslim podcast. Hey, you, hey, right. hey, I respect it. I respect it, but you're wrong. <laughs> okay, listen, we, I started. How long you guys start? How long How long ago do you guys start? We're going, to our, we're going on to our third year in May of the year three. Okay, I got catching up to do that. <laughs> I'll see you guys after three years now. <laughs> yeah, come, come see us once you get the get your numbers up. We, we'll be All here. Right. All right, for sure. Okay, challenge accepted. That. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you guys have been grinding, uh, traveling the country and everything, right? I see that on your Instagram. I saw you guys with Dave East. I was like, shoot, that's some that's some big business right there. Like, were you guys working on something or what? <laughs> uh, no. So we we were um operating with one of our mentors, one of our big brothers, Tone Trump. Um, and we're part of this, this collective of young Muslims out here, you know, all of us grinding. We're all, you know, in our respective areas of expertise. Um, we call it the Muslim Don family. So it's a, it's a collective, a group of strong Muslims, brothers, sisters, uh, people that, that are ex excellent in their profession. So lawyers, you know, you got Hafiz of Quran, you got scholars, you got rappers, you got, you know, people from all different areas of the culture um, coming together and we all work together. You know, we got authors in there. So it's like, no matter what it is you do, if you're a part of this family, we come together for things like that. Um, and that particular event that we were at, um, Dave East pulled up. So we're there with, you know, some real OGs from, from Philly and from New York and everyone kind of pulled up and you know, we had some people that that were also invited to the event. It was it was a good time. How did you guys uh, meet Tone Trump? It was through Instagram. Yeah, through Instagram, we just shot him a DM, and he even talks about it in the episode that we did with him, uh, the Muslim Don episode fifty two. He was just like, uh, I think it was like one or two weeks before Ramadan. He usually has a slower time then. He's not releasing music any projects, he's just chilling, spending time with his family. So he kind of plugs out. So we were able to catch him at the right time. And we were literally the last interview he did right before he plugged out for Ramadan. So we just shot him a DM. He's like, yo, I got your brothers. Just come out, come out to Philly on this day. And we drove out there and we made it happen, so. Nice, nice. That's yeah. a story right there. And he's, you guys, he's your mentor. So like, how, how does he mm -hmm. guys uh, help you out? Um, I mean, 
in, in a multitude of ways, man. Uh, having a relationship like that is cool because um, he he comes from a place where you know he's been in the rap game for a while. He comes from a lifestyle that's very dissimilar, but also very similar um, to how we came up in a lot of ways, right? Um, so being able to talk with him about you know certain struggles that we have out here just as men, certain struggles we have as black men, certain struggles we have as creators. Um, you know, we don't see what we do as very different, as much different from rap as podcasting. Um, so we talked to him about, you know, how we should move in the industry, how we should move with working with certain companies, things like that. Um, and he's, he's really just like a big brother to, to us and to what we're trying to do. And he supports it fully. So um, when you have that sort of backing, you know, you, you try and um, you try and appreciate it. I would say take advantage, but take advantage. I don't think it, it, shows a complete story of like that relationship, but definitely appreciate it and utilize it and respect it. When did he start this whole movement? Because man, he's making moves. I see that all over my Instagram. Um, yeah, well, when did he start this? Are you talking about just the whole, like the Muslim Don family or yeah. just? Yeah, it was, some, it was sometime last year. Yeah, I think okay. about, two, yeah, about two years ago, maybe. Yeah, last, so. yeah not like, yeah, I mean, 2019, yeah. That's getting traction. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I see it all over my Instagram. I see him talking to the youth. I see uh, like you guys talking to him and everything. So, yeah, and, and and social media can be deceiving, right? Because you you think that when you see it, that's when it started. But this is stuff that he's been doing behind closed doors for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you know he decided to put a name to it and a label to it. And he's like, okay, cool, MDF. But he was operating like that with us. And, you know, many others before it became an Instagram page, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, to to see it and it be publicized is one thing, but to see the action is a, is a whole nother thing. Yeah, definitely. It's big respect to him. You know, I see, is he, did he convert to Islam by any chance? Uh, no. no, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, you know, I, I talked to, uh, I had a podcast with a former rapper Loon. Uh, he was signed to Bad Boy Records mm-hmm. back in the day, and um, he became Muslim, you know, went through the the prison system, the corrupt prison system. He had the, the rough side of it, but he got out. He's doing big things, too, making moves. I was thinking that, man, like, these guys, they've seen that part of the game. They they understand what they can do with their platform, and, and they're really acting on it. So it's mm-hmm. big respect to them, for sure, you know. But uh, when you guys do travel the country and everything, is it to make connections, or is it just to, like, uh, visit people like like Tone Trump and and do some work with him. Like, what is that? Uh, what's the reason for you guys? Just I mean, I, I think just I think it just depends. I mean, obviously it's a lot harder now with with COVID. A lot more things are done virtual via text, video calls. So that's the type of route we've had to take. But beforehand, it was one of those things where we have like a whole system and routines where we said that uh, we made a promise that all of our interviews before COVID, obviously was going to be in person. So if we had somebody like Tone in Philly, we would drive up there. And then before we recorded him, we would sit down and get some food with him, see how he's living, get to know him more, and then do that. So our podcast has taken us to uh, Philly, has taken us to New York, Jersey, um, Gibraltar, I'm missing any, any other states. Like, you know, it took us to Detroit, M- Michigan, you know? So wherever the people are, we try to link with them and then uh, try to make something happen. Yeah. And, and it's tough. It's tough. Um, yeah. Majority, majority of the travel has been for recording um, mm-hmm. or for doing some sort of collaborative work together. Uh, 
even stuff outside of just like the podcast, Younger Muslim is bigger than just a podcast. It's, um, it's a brand, it's us too, it's, you know, those that we're involved with. So whenever we do travel, like we have a trip coming up, um, you know, we're gonna be a little bit hush-hush about that until till, y'all see. Um, something like that, it isn't podcast related, but it is Younger Muslim related. So, you know, it's more like business than pleasure, but we always try to um, have a little bit of fun when we go on these trips mm -hmm. and make connections, of course, networking, um, but balancing the business and the fun of it is is super important for us as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's about building a brand, right? You guys aren't just a podcast, it's a movement. So that's, yeah, I respect that. I feel the same way, because you, know, you start out, you're always gonna love being podcasters, but 20 years from now, inshallah, you, like you're not just gonna want to only be doing podcasts. Like you want to have the young Muslim brands. So this yeah. is this uh, using this as the as a platform to get there. You know, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's what makes it. But that's what makes it harder. You know what I mean? Because you want to turn into a brand and it has to be a business. It would be so much easier for just a podcast and we just just recorded like it was a hobby and that's just all we did, right? But we decided to take it to the next level, which means more sacrifices came with it and just more hurt more pain you know what i mean but more a rejoicing as well too so can't forget that uh, at what point did you guys try becoming the brand of young muslim rather than just the podcast i think i think we started off on that foot um mm -hmm. even you know the ideas that we had about things we could do going forward i i mean when we first started i had the ideas a lot of the ideas that we have being implemented now were those ideas, you know, surfaced in 2018 when we started. Um, but yeah. the world is just starting to see some of the moves that, you know, we have been plotting on for, for a couple years now, a few years. So, I mean, when we first came out the gate, we were very intentional that we didn't want any guests. We did our first 41 episodes where it was just us two. I think, yeah, I think it was like 41 episodes. Um, and that was purposely you know, that was done purposefully because we needed our audience to understand us. We need them to get to know us. We need them to know how I talk versus how Mo talks. What, what are the certain ideals that I have versus Mo? Um, that way, when we get a guest, you aren't focused on what we're saying. You're focused on the guest. You're focused on um, what they bring to the table. And we don't have to say as much, but you still know who we are, not just these two guys that, you know, are hosting, you know? So from the get-go, young and Muslim, you know, it's been centered around us, but now we're starting to take it from us and make it bigger so that, you know, when we're old and Muslim and we can no longer, you know, go by that title, you know, we can bring new blood in, but it's still, it still stays true to the values that we put in motion that come directly from us. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. That's... <sighs> And and even starting out, I can imagine that it's like you guys wanted to start out as a brand. It's uh, it's tough not to try rushing it, you know. It's mm -hmm. tough to actually sit here, plan it out, not be like, man, I got, because uh, you guys started. You did, you said forty one episodes or something like that with you two. That's a that's an amazing way to start because then the people who listen, the people who view your stuff, they they um, they're not just gonna come because they're interested in the guests. They're gonna come because because mm -hmm. they like you guys too, right? Yeah. Like, man, it's just me. So sometimes I feel like I need to get, cause I have to get a guest on every podcast. I feel like, because that's just, that's kind of what my podcast is. So I attract mm -hmm. a bunch of different audiences, which is great. Right. But it must be a luxury to have, you know, a good friend of yours, like a brother of yours to uh, just 
chat it up, you know, people and people love it. I love it. So mm-hmm. uh, thank I you. Thank you. It. It's well, any podcast can do what we do. And and it the way I would the way I would do it, like if it was just me or if he was by himself, I would just call him and be like, yo, hop on. Hop on the pod with me. Even if you can't do it all the time, just hop on and we just talk. You know, you I'm pretty sure you have friends, you know what I'm saying? You seem like a cool dude. So mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's like, yo, just call up one of the homies, be like, yo, like I'm about to record. Do you want to hop on? I'm about to talk about X, Y, and Z. Or hey, I got this guest. Do you want to like there's different ways to do it and there's no rules to this podcasting game. Right. Like everyone can do it however they see fit. You know what I mean? So like one episode could be just me. The other one could be us two. And then the other one, we could have seven of our friends there with us. There's really, no one can tell you what to do because like it's completely yours. So because this space is so new and because there's, you know, there, there's not really a lot of guidelines on the best way to do a podcast um and and a podcast or any sort of creative outlet it's all dependent on you like if if you want to be good what you consider good right like is a million views what you're after or are you after doing something that's fun that has like meaning behind it and maybe might get as many views right because we you know we don't talk about um like we have people that are like super scholarly and that that hits certain points and got people that talk super ratchet and that hits certain points and that's mm-hmm. not us. So it's like, it's like, stay true to what you find fun, what you find um, to be impactful for you and people like you and those that listen versus saying, you know, I want it to be a great podcast. And then you try to do all things to make it great. Cause eventually that just fails. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you use the right word impactful for not just the podcasters themselves, but their audience, right? Not just some influencer on the socials, on the gram, talking about like, this is the picture of my life, day of my life. Like this, this is a real, a noble thing you could do. Make it impactful for your society, for your people, the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's what I love about podcasting, you know? Because it's, it, it's almost like it's pressure free sometimes. Like mm-hmm. if you're talking, the worst comes to worst, you don't put it out, right? But in the best case scenario, you help you help people, right? If you could help one person, if you could educate one person about something, then then you did your job. So it's not it's not about the numbers, right? Like you said, like some people look for a million views, some people look for impact. So I see, you know, people like us, inshallah, we keep getting more, uh, you know, having more impact on the game, on the podcast game. Um, yeah, keep keep winning, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but. That, that I actually wanted to talk about that today, honestly, because I, you guys had a pretty good episode on uh, influencers. Like, mm-hmm. what is an influencer? Yeah. Honestly, we we still might not know what an influencer is. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is an influencer? That's that's right? funny. That's funny you bring that up. Today, I was I was working in, and and uh, I was thinking about that very question: What is an influencer? And I realized, you know, media would be like, oh, an influencer is someone that has a micro versus a macro influence, someone that has a certain amount of followers. But it's like, really, everyone has an influence on someone somewhere in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you'll see these memes where they'll be like, you know, kids watch what you do, not what you say. And it's true. It's true because kids just respond. Like, like as a man, they're going to look at what are you doing that backs up the words that you're saying, all right? 
Um, and so as these people in the social media realm, it's the same thing. It's like, what are you doing? And if you have 10 followers and they watch that and they see it, then you have influence in some way, shape or form over those very people. I don't think it's, I don't think it's just people that have uh, 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million. It, like, like the numbers don't matter. It's, it's like, yo, anyone can be an influence, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, I think just to add to Jabril's point, um, I'm reading a book right now by John Maxwell. It's the 21 Laws of Leadership, and he says simply, leadership is influence. You know, so if you have somebody that's leading the way, whether it's for a certain industry or for Islam specifically, or just anything, whatever they want to talk about, like pop- popsicles. You know what I mean? But as long as they're they're leading the way and doing the research and kind of trying to take people from point a to point b like that that that's an influencer like Jabril said but it's not about the numbers or the blue check because that can get to your head really easily especially when your stuff goes viral and then you forget what you did it for in the beginning and that's to serve your community serve a purpose and not serve yourself so yeah i mean bro look i don't need a check to be verified just uh, I, like I don't need a check to be verified i'm verified with the people that know me you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like that doesn't validate what I do, who I am, and all that good stuff. It's like, I've been doing this. I've been talking. I've been working with kids. I've yeah. been working with the youth. I've been starting businesses, like, well before the internet knew about it. So it's like, <laughs> do I really need to be an influencer online to have an influence? No. I mean, look at our parents. Our parents are influencers. Look yeah. at all of us. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think I think we look we look at these terms that people that people coin right now and it's like that's that's cool now but in in 10 years no one's gonna be like yeah you know i was an influencer it's like no like what did you what what were you really doing you know what i'm saying like were you were you just posting up pics to look cool and look look nice or were you posting stuff that really made people think that really made people engage in a different way with with life with one another like yeah but don't need that stuff to be verified. What you need to do is work. Your work is what verifies you. Your work is what gives you a check. The streets verify you, not Instagram or TikTok. Like mm. I don't need to do this dancing. Like, <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't tell me that I'm having influence. You know what I'm saying? Just because a billion people saw it. Like, is this what I want to be? Like, come on, bro. No. Yeah. Like influence, influence is more about what, not the how. Mm-hmm. That's 100% right. I was just um, talking to like a month or two ago, you know, Nadira Pierre. That's that's our Mm -hmm. sister, right? She's she's great. She's awesome. She's awesome. And she said something something that kind of stuck with me. She said, I asked her like 2020, sum it up in like a sentence. She said, everything's fake. Everything's fake. And what she meant by that is that whatever we see now, whether it's on on the news, social media, mm-hmm. we just can't take anything seriously anymore. And and being an influencer, I'm not me. I'm saying like somebody being an influencer, um, they create this dull cycle because what they're looking for is um, like you know views, likes. That that's like the that's the worth of their viewer. While the viewer themselves are getting nothing out of you know being influenced. I guess by those influencers. And and um, you mentioned Muhammad. You mentioned that book you were reading. Mm-hmm. I, I read this book called 48 Laws of Power. I don't know if you guys heard or not. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting book, super good book. And then one of the laws was um, something along the lines of don't 
like if you're if you're grinding in the background don't don't show people that you're grinding just kind of show the final product and i and mm-hmm. i was thinking just just like a couple of days ago i was thinking that whatever is posted on instagram these people who are influencers or who i guess in the moment when we look at it think that there's no worth to it they might have a little bit of a business in the background but that's what they're doing right they're posting the picture of the end product not showing mm-hmm. the grind that it took to get there so we might think they're fools right we might think they're fools but at the end of the day the fact that they're doing that that law of power i guess works because they're showing the end product they're not showing the grind you know what i mean that's so true. it's like i always i always thought that you know these guys are just stupid they just got lucky Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're just playing the system and, 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 you know, fooling these people. But you know, that rule, that rule works, but it depends on how it's used. So for instance, like with us, a lot of people like to see, they always ask us like what happens before an episode or what happens yeah. like before yeah. certain things take place. Like when you guys are on the road, what are you guys doing? That's behind the scenes work that typically, typically we don't show, but there is profit to be made in, in showing that there is, there is uh, a strategy in showing that. So I think that is, I think in the, the broader terms, like, yeah, like work in silence. You know, I had a coach mm-hmm. that used to say suffer in silence. Like to do this type of work is to suffer at times, as Mo said. Mm-hmm. He was getting a little bit uh, Norbit, but he's right. Like it, it's, it's hard at times, you know what I mean? Um, but like to show your process is unique. A lot of people don't show the process. So you end up with this thing called media bias, right? And um, long story short, what media bias is, media bias is when we grew up seeing Bill Gates um, being like just this nerdy kid that started Microsoft, right? To being the richest man in the world. And we didn't see any of the in-between. We didn't see the behind the scenes. We didn't see the turmoil, right? So we just think, oh, it was easy. I could do it. But it's like, imagine, imagine how much money you would pay if he had a camera guy with him every step of the way, right. and he was like, yeah, I'm releasing a movie. It's going to be a hundred dollars for a ticket. Mm-hmm. I would buy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. With ease. So I think there is beauty in showing the process, but I think you can only show the process once you have, um, you have the clout. Right. And clout right now is a bad word. Cause it's like, everyone's kind of chasing this clout, but once you have the notoriety, once you do have a larger, um, base of influence I think showing your process is, is helpful because it gives like someone like you who's just starting a podcast and we've been doing it for three years yeah like we talk about the process that we had to go through we talk about that because that lets the people that hear this episode five years from now be like okay cool so that's how I do it this is how I'm gonna do it talking about it and showing it isn't necessarily bad I think I think um showing off before you've actually done it is actually uh, yeah. bad like acting yeah. like you've been there and you've done it before you've actually accomplished anything isn't worth it. Yeah, that's a that's a no-go. Like it, let's say a week ago, I'm like, man, I got the young and Muslim brothers at 6 p.m. tune in. And it's like my, my dude got a flat tire and everything. And <laughs> yeah. it's like I just set myself up for failure, you know? Right. But, but I think what that law of what, what that law of power was saying is that I guess the book itself is used for um, watch out for these 48 laws of power mm-hmm. not, not not utilize them right not not use this on other people because that's evil but um it's supposed to be like an evil book i guess in a way watch out for, this is what people do to to gain power and we but we see that right like like we we know that it's impactful if we you know once we get to that spot show the process but it's uh it's impactful but it's not going to get the numbers like if we're on a yacht you know take a picture 
and we've been grinding our whole life. So that's that's what's you that's what's utilized by these people that I can show the grind, but but why do it, right? Like why do it? Because um, because they want they're like I want you to be like me. I want you to to want to be me. You know, so that's that's kind of what they're based their whole thing off of. So yeah, it's it's crazy to think about, man. It really is, but it definitely has a negative impact on society. Yes. Yeah. That there's no value added to the world. It's just a cycle. But how do you think that people could, um, like, how do you think the viewers could mitigate this, this, this whole thing? How, how do you think we could stay away from that? In regards to what Jabil saying for the media bias, or just what in regards to? No, just 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 participating in the cycle of just you know feeding into that. Oh, this guy's an info. Let me let me follow this guy on my Instagram stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Watch his moves and stuff like that. I mean, it's 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 difficult because you have to remember that they're pumping like millions and billions of dollars for us to do that, to be in that cycle. So for us to combat this, like you have to unwire your brain and think differently than the way you're thinking right now and just seek knowledge and do it yourself, right? Figure it out. Like, okay, let me see what this YouTube is about. Let me see what the social media is about because on the other end, as content creators, we sadly almost have to think like the people that created the platforms, like what's going to make people hit the like button? What's going to make people comment? What's going to get people a tick? Just like you said about that book, like I read it. And even when I read it to my wife, I read it out loud. She's like, yo, this guy's evil. (laughs) He talks about how you can manipulate people and get what you want. It was, you know, very un-Islamic, but I like what you said. It's just telling you like, hey, when you know these things, you can watch out for them how can you watch out for the things and know them if you never read that book right yeah. if you don't you know get that knowledge so that's what i was saying i actually don't agree with either one of y'all so. i don't agree with either one um i don't think that that information is evil i think how you use it is evil right like a gun isn't bad the person that shot somebody in cold blood is bad you know what i'm saying so like the information is very useful because very good people have gained extraordinary power and done mm-hmm. good things with it right mm-hmm. so it's there's this there's this weird fallacy in the muslim community that to have a lot of money to have a lot of power is bad but 600 years ago when the muslims were on top of the world where we were conquering you know almost every land around like we had to know those laws of power we had to know how to influence how to manipulate how to negotiate how to get things um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that it's a necessary tool of knowing how a human behaves, knowing, you know, if, you know, in soccer, um, there's, there's certain players, right? Like certain greats. And, and you know a player is great because you watch the little things. So for instance, Iniesta, um, he's one of the best players that ever played the game. He's still playing. Um, he's in Japan right now. But if you watch him play, it's, the little shoulder feints, the little dip of the shoulder, the little faint with your leg, and then the dip the other way, like small details like that, knowing how to manipulate, how does someone around you react so that you can get where you need to go is important. And the same thing in life is like, if I do this thing, like most saying about social media, if I, if we post this, if we put titles here, if we put closed captioning here, if we do X, Y, and Z, how does it make people react? And to answer your question, I don't think there is any escaping it or negating it or getting it away. I think that we have to play 
the game and play it well, but use that power that's gained for good. Otherwise, we're in the position that Muslims have been in for the longest time, which is mm-hmm. we're, we're just these people that like to debate whether hijab is, do you need to wear it or not, right? Or like we, we does your pants need to be beyond your ankles or above your ankles, right? Like we start debating stupid stuff like that and have no influence on the world. The world just looks as, as these has-beens, as a culture that, that has no influence. But now you're seeing in this century, you're seeing people actually talk about, hey, we need to have Muslim businesses. We need to have Muslims that are going around the world helping people. We need to have Muslims that are having influence in sports and movies. Like we don't we don't get anywhere without the the knowledge of how to gain and utilize power. But Islam allows us to do it in a good way. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I see what you mean. I, I do see what you mean. I mean, the book itself, when we say when Muhammad and I say evil, right? There are a couple laws that are like crazy i mean like they're just they're not the way the book goes is that each law has a bunch of historical stories to it right how did this guy use this to get into power for example um the there's a law about uh, like stay close to your enemies right stay close to your enemies there's a guy in china there's i'm gonna butcher the story but this dude emperor of china he was at war with some other clan and what he did was um he destroyed the other, he destroyed the other um, clan and everything. And he took, he saved their general. And he said, you know what? You're going to come to my place, my palace. And we're going to, we're going to discuss business. We're going to eat together. And that guy's like, yeah, you're going to poison me. Like, you're going to poison me. And uh, he goes there and he says, okay, you know what? You're going to be my general. Why? Like the guy's like, oh man, I'm, I'm about to get poisoned. Why, why, why are you being so nice to me? Why are you going to do this? And he's like, listen, you're going to be my general. And what that showed was that this dude, who's the general has so much more to prove than within this emperor's friend. You see what I mean? Like this guy has to, this guy has to constantly be like, I barely have your trust, but I got to keep your trust and stuff like that. Like, which is important to understand. Right. But in Mm -hmm. a, in a, in a context of, of just daily human lives, like we're not thinking about that. We're not at war. But what I'm trying to say is that what this book does is it, it has a lot of applicable laws that, that, we as Muslims should actually use. And it does have mm. some that we should be careful of. And gaining power is 100% a good thing. And like you said, uh, there's, this, there's this whole notion that being rich and wealthy, even wearing nice clothes and everything's bad in our, in our <laughs> it's not in Islam, within the Muslim community, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the culture. And we're supposed to be fly. We're supposed to be powerful. We're supposed, to be, best. We're supposed to be the best of the best, bro. The best yeah. of the best. Like to, to reference the story, right? And maybe my brain just operates different, but I, I've heard stories similar to that, right? Keeping your enemies close. I think I think we hear that in so many songs and, and it's so misinterpreted. <laughs> it's like, why would you keep your enemies close? But even if you look at the prophet, peace and presence be upon him, if you look at the history of the Muslims and how they had to fight and win wars, eventually people that were against them became some of the people closest to them, mm-hmm. right? They conquer these people, but you need their you need their knowledge, you need their expertise. Like the prophet wasn't the absolute smartest man in the world. He didn't know everything about everything. Um, there was a uh, there was a particular battle. I can't remember which one, but there was one where um, the prophet he was like, "Let's set up camp right here." And one of his one of his men was like, 
you know, was this something that lost it down to? Was it prophetic or are you choosing this because you think this is a good place? He's like, no, no, this is just, I think it's a good place. He's like, well, if that's the case, this is a horrible place, right? He didn't know everything about everything. And so mm -hmm. when you, when you fight and when you are in business even, and you like, let's say, you know, our podcast, we decide to buy you, you're technically our enemy in, in podcasting and business, right? But it's like, yo, yeah. you might have knowledge in something where it's like, yo, instead of just like putting you out of business, like, no, we want to bring you in to do stuff with us, to help us to build with us. So that's what I mean when I say like, we need to be able to take things that we see in secular culture and be able to adapt and to do it the way that we as Muslims know how to do it, the way that we should do it, or we're, we're going to keep falling behind. I agree. No, I agree with you. I see what you mean. That's, that's a great point. And just like, uh, you know, us as podcasters and, and, you know, the Muslim bloggers and the Muslim uh, journalists, <laughs> a middle-class Muslim kid, guy or girl, their parents want them to be the next doctor, engineer, IT guy, programmer, which is great. Don't get me wrong. That's great because I'm trying to do the same thing. That's what I'm going to college for. <laughs> but in order to you know, in order to change the script, we have to go above and beyond, right? We have to, how come, like, you guys are the number one Muslim podcast in the world, but why isn't there, like, so much competition? Why isn't it constantly changing? Well, why can't, why can't there be more competition? You know what I mean? Like, you guys are doing a great job, don't get me wrong, yeah, thank but you. as, as a Muslim uh, society, like, we should be racing to get our voices out there. We should be, you know, we should be uh, trying our hardest to publish this blog and, you know, dabble in journalism while, while keeping our day jobs and, you know, our, our career path. But that should, be, that's, yeah. that should be what we do. How else are we going to push our agenda and change the script, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, another thing about the Muslim community, like you mentioned, uh, we're very, like, symbolic. Like, for example, like, Mo Salah plays for Liverpool. Instead of trying to figure out who Mo Salah is training and get 10 more Mo Salahs, we're like, we're good. We got somebody at the highest level. Like, what else do we need? And it's the same way with influencers. Like, we have one hijabi that could be on the huge stage or a Muslim brother that's a boxer like Muhammad Ali. Then we're just like, all right, everybody just go and support these handful of people instead of doing what Tone's trying to, well, Tone's doing and find those small pockets of people that may be the next Muhammad Ali in 20 years, the next Muhammad Salah, you feel me? So that's the problem. We're like, yo, we got one doctor in the family. Everybody try to be like him and that's it. So yeah. Well, not, not, not enough people willing to take the risk. You mentioned Muhammad Ali, like that's a risk. Yeah. Bro. Like this man started yeah, like seven years old to, to be what he was. And, and so like a lot of Muslims and we'll say immigrant Muslims that the parents come over here and they're like, yo, Muhammad, you need to go be a doctor. Nasir, mm -hmm. you need to go be a dentist or a physician, whatever it is. But maybe this kid is good enough to be in the NBA. But because they don't see that from where they come from, and because they only think about money yeah. as being financially sound, it's like you're you're sacrificing someone that can have greatness and be a good influence for our culture versus, you know, him just having a stable job so that he's fine. Like, yo, like I could still go to school and be a doctor. I'm 28. I could still go back to college, and go be a doctor. Like those are things you can always do. I had, I, I tell kids that all the time. I tell dudes younger than me, they're like, yo, I'm going to school. It's like, yo, that's great. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody not to go to school, mm -hmm. but it's like, what impact are you having aside from, you know, your family with whatever profession you're doing, right? Like if you're passionate about something that you feel like can have a, a, a 
very visceral effect in a great way, go for it, try it. Like mm. try it out for a little bit, see what happens. You never know how you're going to land, where you're going to land at when you try something like like this, for example, or being a movie star or being a race car driver. Like you never know where those things will take you. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of a lot of families, a lot of cultures don't see it. They don't know it. So they 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 forbid the things that they don't understand, especially when it comes to, you know, Muslim families and um, immigrants that come particularly into, you know, like the Western Western countries. So you got Canada and UK, the US, other European countries. It's like we we've cut out creativity for security, but look at where it's taken the world. You know what I'm saying? But can you can you so let's say you're a low class family and a high uh, upper class family. These mm-hmm. the upper class family has enough money to where if the kid wants to do something creative and they fail, they have that cushion, right? And with a low class family, if the kid fails, well, it, you have nothing to lose at that point. But if you're middle class, right? Like a lot of us Muslims are, um, you see the risk though? Like I, I agree with you hundred percent, but I mean, we got to understand the risk of, yeah, if you, if you do that, that's great. But if you fail, we might not have enough to just support you for the rest of your life, right? If you're trying to f- uh, fulfill this dream or this promise to yourself that this is what I want to do with my life. So mm-hmm. I, I see what you mean. And I, and I just, I wish it was easier, but, but that, is the, that is the trade-off, I guess, right? The security is still important, especially to like middle-class family, you know? Mm. I think that's a good example that you're bringing, especially for a middle-class family like I would consider my family and I'm the and I'm the eldest my parents wanted me to become a doctor but I didn't just decide to go into sales just because of a whole bunch of other things and I had a salary paying job and I was getting paid decent and my family was okay with that because I was taking care of then with COVID and I was there for five years I ended up just losing my job you know and then I got married and the next you know my family's kind of like it's scrambling now you feel me trying to figure things out but they knew that I wanted to to make that risk but just like you said, like think about families that only have one kid, right? Alhamdulillah, I have like three or four brothers so they can come up the ranks and do the same thing. But imagine just having a daughter or a son with a disability. So now that I like, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good yeah. point. Yeah. I think yeah. Practicality. Like, I think there's practicality with all of it, right? Like mm. I've been on my entrepreneurial, you know, do it, do my own thing till for mm-hmm. a minute. And so it takes a lot. It's, it's not as easy. Like it, it, is, it was very nice when I had a nine to five. Like it was real nice, right? But because of the way I grew up, I'm just different. My, my parent, my dad grew me up. He raised me and groomed me to like want to do my own thing. So being a nine to five, I was like, ah, like <laughs> I gotta get out of here, right? Um, but what was nice was, okay, nice. I gotta check, I gotta check, I gotta check. Mm-hmm. But, when you have a value change, when your value system is wired differently, where like in my mind, I was like, I don't need a job. All I need to do is be able to pay rent. When I break down how much rent was on a daily basis, I was like, I only need to make a hundred dollars a day. How do I make a hundred dollars? How much is that per hour? How many hours? Like, like my mind works in that way where it was like, if the podcast pays for my rent, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Cause what else do you need? Right. Um, and with certain families, it's like the same thing. Like if if you could do your podcast right now, or if you could sing, or if you could dance, and pay for, you know, the basic necessity, like 
you you were able to like have gas in your car or you're yeah. able to get your public transit where you need to go if you're able to take care of the basic things doing what you could do you would be happy but i don't mm -hmm. think that's what a lot of middle class families specifically we're talking about these muslim families i don't think a lot of them are they don't care about that like if you could do this what you're doing now and pay for your basic means of living I don't think it's as simple as your parents. Like, okay, that's cool. You should do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not, you know what I'm saying? So it's not about the money. Yeah. It's never about the money. It's, it's never about, about the money. The prestige I think it's, the look. It, it's, exactly. but, it's, about, it's about outside. It's about those yeah. people back there whose son just mm -hmm. became a doctor and he makes 100000 a year. But mm -hmm. you make $40,000 a year, but you're good. You're happy. You can pay your rent. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the difference? What, what's the difference? So, Let me tell you what oh, I think I'm is. not shooting anybody down that's being a doctor. Yeah. Jeff, by the way. <laughs> We're going in on that. <laughs> like, um, I think that what needs to change is our view, not ours, but the the this generation and, and the past generation of um Muslims, we need to understand what success is. We need to change our image of success. Success at this point to me is not making uh 80 to 120k and living the rest of your life doing that and not having an impact on society. That's not a successful person, right? Because it, um, it's in the moment, you're in the moment financially, you you do, there are successes there. You're taking care of your family. That's a huge success. But if we're talking about the grand scheme of things, for the past 10 minutes, we've been talking about individual um, instances. And and that's, mm -hmm. it's tough to think about individual instances because then we put ourselves in those shoes and it's like, what would we do? Yeah. Like it's good to be, we're in this position where we have a podcast or whatever, but we can understand coming from this guy's perspective that yeah, play it safe, but it's all about discipline, time management. Like you should, we should be able to work a job and do something on the side. Even, like if we can't dedicate our whole life to it, we just still have our foot in the door, you yeah. know? That's success. That's success. I feel like if you can make an impact like that, feed your family and have an impact on the world, little by little, that adds up to a successful Omo, right? Yeah, 100%, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, I, what what success is in general, have you guys heard of a guy named Faraz Sahabi? He's a he's a coach, uh, no. uh, MMA coach, Jiu-Jitsu coach. And pretty much what his philosophy of success is, he said that the greatest, he's actually a coach, but he had a degree in philosophy. He's a very interesting guy. <laughs> and um, he said, uh, what success is today is obviously not what success was back in the day of the Spartans, right? Mm -hmm. What we what we consider success is stable income, right? At, at, yeah. at least stable income. Mm -hmm. Back then, success was about discipline. And when <laughs> I say discipline, I mean, all of the greatest thinkers, he said 99% of the greatest thinkers said that if you want to be successful, you have to wrestle. You have to, you have to be, why wrestle? Because wrestling is the toughest physical activity you can do to yourself. It's nothing gets tougher physically on your body than wrestling. If once you've gone through that, then nothing's tough in your life afterwards, right? Um, you have to be healthy. That's, you have to do all of these things that are going to end up making you happy and making you a durable human being. Right, you have to be. You have to not let anything phase you. Um, now the culture, the way humans work now is just so much more lazy, right? Me included. Like we we look at it differently. We can't achieve as much as the Spartans did back in you know back in their. They could only live up to twenty, man. They were going to war and everything, but they could they could they accomplish way more than what we might be able to in eighty years. Inshallah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's just thinking. What is that? 
right? Like, what does I, it mean? I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that this generation can accomplish as much. Um, if you look at the Forbes 30 under 30, uh, I think mm-hmm. there was seven or eight other people on that list were Muslim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying. About- I'm not saying we can't. I'm not saying we can't. I'm yeah. just saying that that um, the, those seven or eight people we know, that, like you know, like Amir was on there, like great people mm-hmm. and everything, but as we're definitely not where we're supposed to be right now, where we should be, right? As a Muslim Ummah, we're not, we, we should, de- I feel like we should be farther along at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, but all things happen for a reason, right? Like 100%. there has to be a recalibration. Like every every great dynasty or tribe or people have to go through an up and down. It's just like with our work. Like there's times where you on top of it, yeah. right? There's times when you in school where you get all A's and there's times where you got D's and you're like, yo, like, like what's going on, right? So so it's like no, there's a high only stays high for so long before you have to come back down. And mm-hmm. and for us and for our culture, for our community, it's like we need to have a for so long the old guard was holding holding on to the ropes of our communities. Like mm. the same guy was giving the Adan at the masjid for 40 years, and the same guy was you know, you see, if you go to your matches, and if you've been in your hometown, it's the same people doing the same jobs. It's never passed off, right? But now we're starting to see that the broader community is bigger than just the masjid. We're starting to see the broader mm-hmm. community and what matters to people is bigger than just at home community. It's like, we're starting to get out and explore now because just like in, in my culture, like, yo, my culture, my people were, were explorers. We were navigators. We were, you know, we were adventurers, but no one would tell you about that. No one will explain mm-hmm. it to you. So until we start taking those risks and doing it, it's never going to change. It's not going to change for us. So for us, it's like, we have to start taking those risks. We have to start upping the people that, that may not make as much money, but they're doing things that are trailblazing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you spoke about Amir, we were just over there in Muslim. We were just over there yeah. with them. They're doing some dope work. Yeah. Like you tell that to somebody's uncle, they're gonna be like, is he making money though? <laughs> Why he not rich? Why he yeah. not fancy card? Yeah. Not success. Success is Donald Trump. No, nothing. Um, <laughs> oh but, no, <laughs> I don't but, want no uncle saying that. <laughs> nah, I, I stole that from Rami. I'm not even gonna lie. But <laughs> but um <laughs> but now nah, like like our metrics of success are all rooted in a financial backing but the reality is there's so many more aspects of life than just the finances the finances are important because of the world we live in yeah majority of countries and majority of world systems capital systems are rooted in capitalism so yes money matters but going back to what we started off with having influence and having impact doesn't correlate with money it correlates with what you do you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. correlates with what you're putting out there not, not exactly like the medium. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, a big part of that, I think, I think you know how you said that every dynasty has its talent, right? I agree mm-hmm. with that. You know, we look at, dude, we look at the Ottoman Empire for God's sake, like that. Yeah, we had our time at one point, but if you ask me, in my opinion, I think our time is coming soon, within mm. a generation. Why? Because a lot of people my age, a lot of Muslim, young Muslims my age, um, I mean, our parents still, you know, they came from a different country. My mom came from Pakistan. My dad came from Kashmir. You know, these, mm-hmm. they, they come here and they're like, okay, we came here. You better not be, you, you better not be 
under our support for the rest of your life. Like we made this sacrifice. That's the thing, mm-hmm. right? We made the sacrifice that you could do well. But inshallah, when we have kids, it's going to be a little bit different, right? Like, yo, yeah. we've been here, right? The sacrifice mm-hmm. was already made. Like, I don't, I don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about the sacrifice anymore. So mm-hmm. now you can explore a little bit. Like, that's it's a matter of time, in my opinion. Well, I've, I've all, me and him have this conversation a lot, though. And, and I find mm-hmm. that, I find that rhetoric extremely ironic, right? If, if our parents, because my parents are similar, right? Like, my parents aren't immigrants. We're, you know, I'm African-American. We're, we're rooted here. But if my parents worked hard to give me the opportunities they didn't have, one of the opportunities they didn't have was to have the freedom to do the things that aren't rooted in, I just needed money, right? Like middle, you, you, you went through the classes, middle classes, that class where it's like, you have security, you have that backing. So you should be able to have the freedom to build up and go forward. But with middle class, a lot of times you see middle class just do this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It stays stagnant because they're saying, oh, well, you shouldn't take that risk. But it's like, no, if you don't risk it, I'm going to be here too. Yeah. Right? So so it's like, yeah, if, if, if I get it though, I understand. I'm not being, I'm not trying to slight um, the, the immigrant parents that come here and they, they build a life for their kids and for their family. Um, because that's super important and that's a foundation that's set but i was just talking to um some some new friends i made and they're all palestinian they're like yo i found our our family they're the family that's here that's all we have because when we left palestine they were all wiped out like our entire village was was massacred so Mm -hmm. like that inspired us to come here and do something great and they're you know uh doctors they're social media influencers they're they're the blog writers, like these are some very high value people in the work that they're doing. And it's like, well, their parents came here to give them a better life and look at the, look at the risk that they took to do what the work they're doing. So it's like, it can go either way. Either you can say, all right, I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that route, which is nothing wrong with it. Or you can take the route where you're like, yo, I'm about to just take that risk because the alternative is what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mashallah. Palestinian brothers and sisters are always on their ground, man. They're, they're <laughs> Palestinian people. But you know, my my uncle, he was anytime he he says something really funny that relates to this conversation, which is when I ask him like, oh, "What do you think about this? Uh, like, what if I get this? You know, put this on my resume and whatever." And he says, "Listen, you're asking me, a guy, a middle class guy, for advice. I'm gonna give you middle class advice." <laughs> right? right like like i'm gonna give you if you if you want to make it don't ask me for advice i'm a middle-class guy ask somebody else right ask ask somebody that that's actually made it somebody in the upper class or something somebody who who who's, you're trying to get to where they're at right so it's mm-hmm. like uh middle middle class advice it's just yeah. it creates you know the cycle keeps going from it right and i, I would think i would also add um because my parents came from egypt so immigrant story same thing uh, they came here to establish themselves, right? I feel like my job right now, I'm 28 years old. My job is to build my network and explore this, this country because my parents um, haven't even left Virginia. I mean, they've like, they've never been to the West Coast. They've been to Florida. They've been to the beach, like typical places, right? But they haven't been to the Midwest. They haven't been to Texas. They haven't been to uh, Maine, right? So I feel like my job is to explore the country 
build a brand and build my network. That way, when I have kids, Jabril asked me, like, are you going to take your kids to public school or private school? I was like, well, if I already have all those contacts, I can use those contacts for my leverage. For example, my kids want an Islamic uh, you know, teacher. I can use an imam that we put on the podcast. Somebody wants to become a basketball player, I can go ask the basket, the, the Jamad, right, who's, who's crushing it out in, in Boston, like, hey, can you train my daughter? You, you, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. our, our job is to network, but then our kids' job, we have to help them, is we have to gather all the Muslims together because we're doing great things. We're just all spread out, you know, and we're not supporting each other and we're not uplifting each other and we're not under each other. But it's like Tone says, my whole team is Muslim. <laughs> so we get to that point. Yeah. They don't. They literally don't have to be Muslim, but as long as they have the same values used and have the same mission and going towards the same angle, then that's a plus. Because when our parents came here, they were just like, look, we're here, right? We're here. We got our feet on the ground. We got some money. That was our mission. Our job is done. They still think that chasing the money is something that will forever be the case, but that always stops in its tracks, so. Yeah, money money has an end to it. That's that's a great point, bro. Money always yeah. has an end. You got yeah. you got to judge yourself more than that. Yeah, point. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, great conversation. Alhamdulillah, we all learn from this conversation. Alhamdulillah. Anytime we talk about money, there's always something to be learned, right? Success. Yeah. You can't stop talking about. It. There's no end to success. So, yeah. inshallah. Um, hey, we gotta do this again sometime. It was a good That's conversation. Good, man. No, we, we appreciate you having fun. us on, man. This was, this was a lot of fun. And sorry about being late. Got to do a part <laughs> sorry, two, man. man. So much Inshallah, more talking. Hey, we got to do a part two. Anytime, anytime. You know, we got this connection now. We're going to use it. So, exactly. all right, guys. You guys are going to stick with me just for like a couple of minutes. Yeah. That's it for the podcast, guys. Hope you liked it. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Follow them, Young Muslim, Young and Muslim. And, um, Hey, hit them up. Tell them, give me, give me, give me, give them the plug. Like, tell them what. Uh... All right, cool. So, if you, um, Mo, I think we're going to wrap up his podcast for him. Right, um, let's do it. <laughs> let's all right. Do it. So, if you guys want to, um, talk to us, if you guys want to see what we're up to, Mo, how can they, how can they find us, bro? Absolutely. If y'all want to shoot us a message, we're very responsive. Send us a DM, Twitter, Instagram, Young and Muslim, Y O U N G N Muslim. And Jabril, if they want to actually listen to the podcast and they want to watch us, how can they do that, fam? Yeah, so if you guys want to listen and or watch, you can watch us on YouTube, the Young and Muslim Podcast, Young, the letter N, Muslim Podcast. Um, and if you guys want to listen in, you guys can follow us on all of the streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Google Play, SoundCloud. We everywhere that you can think of. So hop in listen we got hundreds of episodes and enjoy yeah, so, yeah. you guys didn't know they're the number two podcast in the world behind me I mean. <laughs> 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 all right so guys all right, all right. Like,